The whispers are sometimes more important than the actions when it comes to the threat of war. Documents leaking with a list of where Russia would send nuclear-tipped missiles to North America. Threats sometimes stronger than action. since the nuclear bomb was developed and long-range delivery systems built, there's been this concept called balance of power. As long as we have that, we're at a stalemate, and that prevents worldwide destruction. Every day, people not so afraid now as when I was a kid. We practice drills at school, crouching in the hallways as if that would protect from a nuclear blast and radioactive clouds. There were even people building fallout shelters in my neighborhood my family more worried about the tornadoes. But one day, there will be no longer a balance of powers in the world. The Lord God Yahweh is all-powerful. Every thug, tyrant, dictator, rascal on earth will meet his maker. So will we all. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris, joined by our president, David Wolin, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus can you believe it? It's the very first day of March, and we're wrapping up a series this week called Songs to Remember. But first, remember this song? Impossible to mistake. That's a great example of a scripture song going all the way back to the 18th century, Handel's Messiah. And Charles, a little bit of trivia. We associate this with Christmas, but the Messiah was originally written for an Easter performance. We don't all remember that, always. And how surprised I was to visit Handel's house and learn that he wrote the entire Messiah in less than two weeks. He didn't sleep much. He skipped a lot of meals. And how perfect to begin this march, remembering the great prophecy of the Messiah found in Isaiah chapter 9. With Easter coming at the end of this month, we're going to take some time today to think about this great proclamation. Here it is. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. Words of hope, thousands of years old and yet very important for us today. And in a few minutes, we'll hear a new song based on this scripture passage from The Corner Room and its founder, Adam Wright. We've heard so much positive feedback this week from listeners about The Corner Room and how this music is helping children and adults alike hide scripture in their hearts. Earlier this week, I asked Adam Wright to share why he does what he does. The mission statement of The Corner Room is to set scripture to music uh, so that God's people would know and treasure his word more deeply. Colossians 3.16 comes to mind. It resonates that the, uh, we are letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly. A component of that is singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts to God. So Remember and Proclaim is a kid's record, but it's, it's intended for any and everyone that listens to it, as are all the rest of the projects. The word of God is for everybody. And so I hope that any and everybody can kind of uh, resonate with and, and uh, be encouraged by the music that we make. That's Adam Wright from The Corner Room. We're going to hear more of his music in a moment from his Remember and Proclaim CD. It's an album that's really for families. It's not just a kid's album. Our producer and I have been chatting about this all week, Charles, that these songs are stuck in our heads this week in a good way. And with Easter coming at the end of the month for our listeners, this CD is perfect for the Easter basket of any child in their lives. That's right. And so we want to send you this CD, Remember and Proclaim, 
for your gift to support Haven Today. Just go to haventoday.org. After the program, listen to samples from the entire album, and you can make your gift then at haventoday.org. Or just call us after the program at 865-HAVEN. 865-HAVEN. Well, Charles, the original plan for today was to open right now with Isaiah 9 from The Corner Room, but a little change of plans. There's a song we have not played all week from this album, and it's a song that God used to encourage me just a few hours ago. You ever have a day when you just wake up and you feel stressed and weighed down like your burdens are just too much to carry? No, that's never happened to me, David. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, well, I was feeling the weight of so many things uh, when I woke up this morning and when I sat down at my desk this morning and I was just crying out to the Lord for encouragement. I needed something. And I played this song and I don't even know why. It just lifted my heart so much, pierced the darkness, if you will. And so if you're listening today and you're feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders too, here's a promise from 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm just praying it's going to lift your spirits and point you to Jesus too. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation Therefore, if anyone is in Christ He is a new creation Therefore, if anyone is in Christ He is a new creation The old has passed away, the old, the new has come, the old has passed away, the old, the new has come. a song I needed to hear today, and I pray it ministered to you as well. The Corner Room's music set to the very words of 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This is Haven Today. I'm David Wolin here with Charles Morris, and back with us one more time this week, our new friend, singer-songwriter Adam Wright. And Adam, you have so many well-written songs coming right out of the Bible on your Remember and Proclaim album, and 
Since Charles and I will be sharing today from Isaiah 9 in just a few moments, would you just share a little bit about writing this song? And I'm pretty sure that's not you singing on it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a, a fellow friend. Uh, one of the things I like to do on these projects, we have so much good local talent here in Birmingham, and so I have a lot of musical friends and like to invite them on uh, to share, uh, lend their voice, if you will, to, to these projects. And so uh, Mandy Mapes is uh, the, the name of the, the gal who sang that one. She just did a tremendous job. Mm. Uh, but but that, that does kind of make these uh, projects feel a little bit more communal. It's not just me behind the scenes like the Wizard of Oz. It's, it's, a, it's a team of people that... Um, love the Word of God, and they they want to they, they share the same vision. Mm. Uh, so love love being able to include uh, other local people uh, on these projects too, for people to enjoy. And yeah, mm. Isaiah nine it's it's very much an Advent passage. It's one that um, you know if you if you attend a, a church, you're going to hear it uh, during the during Advent season of Advent. Um, our church has specifically used this song with our children. Uh, they will learn uh, this every year, those mm. four weeks, and then have an opportunity to share that uh, with the congregation. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's beautiful to hear our kids uh, singing about this coming Savior, this wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, uh, oh. this promised Savior. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, this is almost a summary statement. The the apex of the Old Testament story arc about Jesus. And uh, songs like this, I think, help set that in our hearts, in the hearts of our kids. And I'm so glad you put this one to music. Absolutely. So without any further ado, let's listen to your song coming right out of Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. version of Isaiah 9, but I really did enjoy this modern tune set to an ancient prophecy about Jesus. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris here with David Wolin. David, isn't it wonderful to have music set to the very scripture we're talking about today? Well, these words, uh, prophetic words from Isaiah 9 are just glorious. It's fascinating how the first and second advent of Christ so often, especially in scripture, blend together even right here in the Old Testament. 
We might think of these as Christmas song lyrics, and that's certainly valid, but they're also pointing us to the future we're looking forward to, to the day when every knee and every nation will bow before the Lord Jesus, his eternal kingdom fully established in the new creation. And it's so certain that this will happen. Every believer in Jesus today walking this earth is a divine foreshadowing of that. The new heavens, the new earth, they're not here yet, but we who are in Christ are a new creation right now. But here in Isaiah 9, the original context of that moment, God's people could not see what we see today. In their moment, things had gotten bad, very bad for the nation. Earlier in the first chapters of Isaiah, there is a reminder of God's judgment on individuals. King Uzziah had died, a reminder that indeed the wages of sin is death. And yet, as an individual, Isaiah's sin was atoned for, and he humbled himself in repentance before God. These were individuals. What would God do with the nation of Israel? As a whole, the nation went the way of King Uzziah, disregarding God's holiness, trusting in themselves rather than in him, and so judgment was coming. And yet, over and over in Isaiah, we hear God's assurance. He would preserve a remnant, always a remnant, something that has held true throughout history. But a time of great trial and distress and darkness was coming, and all of that leads us into these familiar words of Isaiah 9, words of hope spoken by God so tenderly to the remnant. Did God still love them? Would he fulfill his promises? Would the torment ever cease? Starting in verse 1, Isaiah speaks, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Now that should make our ears perk up. Galilee, the very place where judgment would begin as Assyria conquered the north, but also where the very first glimmer of messianic light would shine in the future. It's right here in the text. But this was overlooked by the Jews in Jesus' day. When they considered whether he could be the Messiah, they asked in John 7, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not the scripture say the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Well, that prophecy is in Micah. But in Jesus, both were true. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, yet he grew up in Galilee. God's word always fulfilled to the letter. And so what comes next is messianic hope for God's people in a time of darkness. And still today, thousands of years later, this is our hope in dark times. Verse 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And what is that light? We find out a few verses later, but it's not a what, it's a who. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In the time of Isaiah, the world powers were so big by comparison, the evil so overwhelming, and the kingdom of David, Judah, so tiny by comparison. How could God overcome the world? Humanly, our instinct is to fight fire with fire. 
If there's a bully, we want a bigger bully to give them a taste of their own medicine. The ends justify the means. This is the way of the world. And woe to the church if we begin to think that way. It's not the way of Jesus. On the contrary, God sends the overcomer as a child. I love the way one commentator put it. God's answer to everything that has ever terrorized us is a child. God's answer is always Jesus. Or as we like to say, Charles, the great story is all about Jesus. Yes, that is the line that we've been using for many years, of course. In this great messianic gospel text in Isaiah, we're given a look into the coming of the anointed one. He's going to be the light of the world, yet he was to come as a humble child. As David just shared with us, the government of all the world will be on his shoulders. And verse 7 tells us more about his type of government, of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He is the eternal second King David, the second Adam, reigning over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. No matter where you are in the world, I think it's safe to say that there are people around you who are skeptical of their government. Maybe that skeptic is you. We tend to crack jokes about politicians, be they liberal or even conservative, and we regularly question if they're using their authority to serve their citizens or themselves. But the government of the child in Isaiah 9 does not consist of self-service. This passage tells us that under his reign, there will be no end to shalom, peace. And as you read this passage with young children and sing that great Isaiah 9 song from the corner room, you can share with them a bit about the volatile world that we live in. There are wars. And of course, there are rumors of wars and whispers of wars and violence throughout the streets, harsh words being exchanged between people living in the same country. But under the reign of the Messiah, there will be peace. There'll be reconciliation between one another, between God and man. What's good and just will be upheld. That sounds pretty good. I'm looking forward to that. But you might be wondering... Where is this promised government? Why don't I see it here on earth right now? It might be surprising, but it has come. We have a foretaste of this heavenly country right now, in this moment, and we have it by faith. Isaiah 9-7 tells us that the government upon the Messiah's shoulders is none other than the government of King David. Yes, it's the government of Israel's greatest king that would be established forever. That's a prophetic text, speaking of the day when God's promise to David in 2 Samuel 7 will finally be fulfilled. A promise of giving David and his children an everlasting throne. Who is the promised child of Isaiah 9? It is the Messiah who is the heir to David's throne. David's son will be the one who establishes the throne, ushering in that rule of peace and righteousness and justice and might I even say grace. And what do we hear from the very first book in the New Testament? Jesus is the son of David. He's the promised Messiah. And when we sing Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, we need to have Jesus in mind. He's that humble child who's the prince of peace, though 
being mighty God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself, taking on the form of a servant. And he did this to make all things right again, to transform people dead in sin, and a world that has been impacted by sin at every corner. Well, Jesus has begun his reign already. We're not able to see it in the form of a physical kingdom yet, but as he told Pontius Pilate, his kingdom is not of this world. It's a heavenly kingdom. And yet, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Remember the words of Jesus after his resurrection? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now think about that. All authority has been given to the son of David, the second David. His kingdom is present tense being established. So what should we do? We should live as citizens of this kingdom first and foremost. Rather than pursuing self-service like we see all around us, we serve one another. When the kingdoms of this world celebrate what is evil, as God's people, we pursue what's honorable, good, and true. And though the world won't understand us, they won't get our way of living as citizens of this heavenly kingdom, we can still take heart because Christ is coming again. And on that day, faith will turn to sight. The heavenly kingdom will become visible as Jesus establishes it in the new heavens and the new earth. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. He who testifies to Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. 
This is Haven Today, and I'm David Wolin here with Charles Morris, and we're wrapping up a program series today called Songs to Remember. And for the fifth time this week, we're finishing with words from Revelation 22 from the Corner Room and Adam Wright. And if you've been listening all week, I hope you have now hidden just a little more of God's Word in your mind and heart just from listening. And David, it was so good to hear Adam Wright share earlier in the program that he really wants to help kids, but also grown-up kids like you and me, to know the Lord better by hiding Scripture in our hearts. All the songs on his Remember and Proclaim album are word-for-word Scripture. And well, he just did a good job in writing the music. David, I know your kids have enjoyed the album, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with my youngest grandchildren this Easter. (laughs) Charles, I've enjoyed the album. It's been great. So let me just say that with Easter a month away, and we do have parents in mind here and grandparents, this CD would be a perfect addition to an Easter basket for the kids in your life. So would you make your gift right now? at haventoday.org. If you'd like to request and receive Remember and Proclaim by The Corner Room, this album is our thank you for your gift to support Haven. These daily messages from God's Word pointing our hearts back to Jesus. They're airing on hundreds of radio stations all over North America and around the world, and it's friends like you who make it possible. So that's haventoday.org, or you can call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Well, David, the time is up this first day in March. I'm Charles Morris. And I'm David Wollen. Thanks for joining us. Won't you come back again next week when again together we'll share the great story, the story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your walk with Jesus, I'm David Wollen with Haven Today, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. How would you describe God? There are plenty of familiar words like good, holy, loving, all biblical. But how about this one? Awesome. Well, kids use that word to describe something they think is cool, maybe landing a trick on a skateboard. But adults use it casually as well. But that word awesome, it's more appropriately used to describe God. He's the one worthy of awe, who strikes fear and amazement in our hearts, After the Lord rescued Israel from the hands of Egypt, the Israelites sang a song to him. Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? See Jesus more clearly through time in God's word. Visit GetAnchor.com.